Welcome to this first CC broadcast. My name is T, my pronouns are they, them, and I am the General Secretary of Red Fightback Central Committee. So recently on CC we've been discussing how we as a committee communicate with the membership. Historically we've had the bulletin, as you will probably fondly remember, which is a way to put out what CC meetings have covered in a way that sort of members can engage with, unlike more typical minutes, which are usually a bit dry and sort of left um, as a record-keeping mechanism rather than something that's actually useful and dynamic. The problem that we found and why the bulletin hasn't really come back since the, the last slate of elections is that people weren't reading the bulletin um, and that means that it wasn't of much use to people and it wasn't something that was actively contributing um, to party life and to the knowledge of members about what's going on in the Central Committee. Um, it also didn't help one of the fundamental problems of our party. So many of our national structures sort of necessarily operate online. But as we've moved away from national level discussions and that kind of focus and towards branch work on the ground, party life is a little harder to identify. It's harder to see what's going on and to understand what's going on across the party outside of what we ourselves are doing. In fact, arguably more and better work is happening in the party than it ever has before. But hearing about that work is harder than it has been. We can and do schedule meetings to discuss these things from like specific groups like Econ Circle to caucuses to CC scrutiny sessions. But naturally these are quite sort of specific contexts that are focused. Um, and naturally lots of people can't attend these and if they miss them that might be it for, for another month, potentially two. So it doesn't necessarily help to solve those fundamental problems of communication and, and that sense of what's going on. So, introducing this, the CC Broadcast. We'll be looking to put out these transmissions roughly fortnightly. Um, they'll contain various segments um, with some regular items such as news roundups and CC meeting updates. Um, they're also hopefully going to regularly include one-on-one -on -one discussions. I'll be inviting CC members to come on and talk about their work, uh, for branch secretaries to come on and chat about what organising work they're doing on the ground in their branch, and caucus secretaries to come and talk about what's going on in their caucuses. It's to help to paint that picture of what's going on in Red Fight Back in a more dynamic way than just a written bulletin. We'll be looking to put out short written versions alongside these, so if you can't listen, obviously, please do just have a read alongside or instead. Um, and additionally, we do want to produce transcripts. Um, they're not scripted, so it's a little hard to put that out in advance, but what we would really benefit from is to have a few comrades step forward and to help us do that transcript work. As I say, it's fortnightly, so if we've got even just two people coming forward, that's only a monthly commitment. Um, and we are looking into automated systems to make that easier. So if you can help out, please do drop me a message on comms. Additionally, if there's something you want to talk about in one of these broadcasts, again, message me and let me know. We'd happily have people come on to talk about relevant work and so on. So please do. Additionally, we would like a better name than CC Broadcast. If you do have any ideas, drop me a message, let me know. I'm, I would love a good pun. In today's episode, I'm not joined by a special guest, but I will be going through CC's last meeting and what we covered. But before then, I will hand over to Sean and Angel to talk about the latest news. And this week, we've got a specific roundup of union actions and strikes. So, Sean, where are their strikes at the moment? The big one that just finished is the, the UCU, uh, which is a university and college union, uh, who aren't just lecturers and stuff like that. It's lots of um, various university staffs, including, like, researchers and, like, um, you know, like, teaching assistants and, uh, like, administrative staff and mm. 
lab techs and everything like that. Everyone who works at a unit is way more way more than just teachers. They cover a lot. Uh, they balloted uh, back in uh, October, November time, uh, and they had three days of strike action back on the first, second, and third of December. Uh, that was nationwide, all up and down the UK, um, which is based on two uh, two things. Uh, one was the uh, with pensions that was run by the USS, mm-hmm. uh, which is the University Superannuation Scheme, which is a big scummy finance group. Uh, and the other one is something uh, something kind of more general called Four Fights that they've been mm-hmm. doing. So in these these older uh, institutions, um, pension for staff is uh, administered by the the USS, um, who back uh, in the days of the pandemic, um, or high pandemic, I guess we're not out of that yet, um, decided to revalue uh, the the pensions um, mm. at the at the lowest point uh, in the, the kind of overall economic drop right. that happened. Uh, which resulted in some members losing uh, as high as 30% uh, of their pension uh, due to that revaluation uh, at the at the worst, worst, worst possible yeah. time. Um, so that was the catalyst for this latest round uh, of action against the USS. Uh, but you, action against USS happens every one or two years, usually because of things like this, but this has definitely been um, their most egregious incident so far uh, i'd say uh and as well as that the ucu has been pushing uh four fights mm. just now so the the four fights that they've been working on um just so i've got them directly so it's low pay it's casualization it's workload and it's inequality mm. uh obviously low pay you know wages not rising uh wages still relatively low for the uh, the work that's being done uh, casualization uh, issues with um, you know like fixed term contracts and part time contracts and uh, yeah. things like that. Zero hours especially has been quite bad in some institutions. Uh, a fight against that that type of uh, kind of precarious mm-hmm. uh, employment uh, workload uh, speaks for Aye. itself uh, in the teaching scheme uh, of not even something. Uh, you know, just to them, even places like EIS uh, are fighting that in like high schools and primary schools and stuff, uh, and inequality, uh, trying to fight both the uh, the race and gender uh, pay gaps that are mm. quite prevalent in education just now. Educational establishments have a, a weird problem where they don't actually have a lot of time that they would be able to strike, just because like it's not open. Like teachers can't strike over the summer. Yeah you know, in, like, a traditional yeah. way, so they really need to, like, cram it in wherever they possibly can, uh, and they're about to run out of time with the, the winter break, but there is planned further action uh, in, kind of, later January mm-hmm. when universities go back, um, which will be under the same ballot. The uh, Tory anti-union laws um, give unions six months uh, of a mandate right. uh, when they've just come off a ballot, so they've got until uh, they've got until May uh, this coming year to do whatever action they want uh, on this before they would need to to ballot again uh, and uh, for that upcoming January action there's actually uh, quite a number of institutions in the union getting reballoted uh, who didn't quite reach the the minimum turnout um, every institution gets an individual ballot it has to reach its um its own uh, individual um, 
like fifty percent yeah. mark. Um, that's what yeah for like for if you're not aware, part of the Tory and the Union laws is you must have a fifty percent yeah. turnout uh, for uh, either way uh, to be to be uh, like a kind of valid vote, whether it's a vote in favour or a vote against or a vote for uh, action short of a strike. Uh, so anything, unless you're in Northern Ireland, which is fun, because that's how all the, the unions are there, just keep going and strike and how the unions and strike managers, they don't have that. Um, but places that got maybe kind of like high 40s percentages uh, are getting revalid right. um, to hopefully get a mandate for going into the new year. So best of luck mm, to them mm. uh, on that one. Um, we'll, we'll definitely see more from them uh, in January. I know that for a fact. Very good. All right. Um, so that's UCU. Um, tell me about the uh, the strike in London at the moment on the tubes. So, uh, London tube, the night tube, uh, is back. RMT uh, are doing strike action uh, specifically focused on the night tube. Um, it's one of the two big ones just now. It's, it's night tube and it's um, against Circle for the, the Caledonian yes. sleeper. Uh, but specifically for the night tube, it's every Friday and Saturday night, starting at half eight uh, in the evening and going until 4.30 the following morning, which is usually when the night tube would run. Mm-hmm. Uh, RMT are not working uh, and actively uh, enforcing picket lines uh, at tube stations um, to kind of, as best they can, hamper that. Uh, that is planned to run up until uh, Christmas. Um, at which case, obviously, I think the, the tube would go down for a few yeah. days anyway, um, so they wouldn't, wouldn't even have a have a chance to. Um, the RMT also announced um, with the the change of uh, legislation in England uh, that kind of brought back um, not mandates but like stronger like mask wearing yeah. guidance. Uh, the on the night tube specifically and kind of later evening trains uh, across the country. Um, it was being put on uh, cleaning staff uh, who are RMT members, who are usually yeah. uh, the only staff remaining. Uh, usually the conductors, you know, knock off at a certain yeah. point and are not there anymore. Uh, it was getting put on cleaning staff that they uh, individually were going to have to uphold, um, like, kind of mask um, wearing, right. um, like, kind of standards in carriages right. and stuff like that. Uh, that's being strongly rejected by... The RMT, that's a, a really good way to get their members uh, attacked, yeah. basically, uh, on uh, evening tubes, and it's not their not their job to yeah, begin with. Um, they are going to be moving forward to balloting, uh, I believe, some 50,000 cleaning members um, in the new year as well. So, uh, while they're ongoing with the two strikes just now, at least um, they're gearing up for this um, much bigger, probably, action uh, that's going to follow. Yeah, those are the biggest ones just now that I can think of. Didn't one of the unions recently pull funding from Labour? Yes, Unite have followed that huge, to be honest, Unite, uh, Labour's biggest funder, uh, have followed in the CWU's footsteps, Mm -hmm. actually, uh, and have uh, removed political donations to Labour, uh, with the exception of the affiliation fees. Right. Uh, which are just like, you know, like set fees that, they, that all unions just pay in the Labour Party. Um, which is, you know, a tremendous drop in money. Like, it's um, especially Unite, uh, who are obviously the, the biggest trade union in the country, mm. certainly the richest. Um, Those um, affiliation fees, is that the thing that means that union members can vote in 
like um, as if they're Labour members? Is that the what the affiliation does, or is is that something else? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, or like the you know the the, the way Labour is structured with um, with its uh, supposed foundation coming out of trade unions. Mm. However, you want to read into that story. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you when you join most trade unions, um, you're given the option if you'd like to give a higher rate to the union to contribute to the uh, the funds that they send to the Labour right. Party. Um, and if you do that, then you get effectively a Labour membership. So Labour have lost um, CWU political funding, now Unite political funding, but they're still getting those affiliation fees. Still getting those affiliation fees from both, uh, and they've also lost this on a local level. This is a good while ago. Uh, a local level from uh, the GMB right. uh, union in North London. Uh, so it's, it's consistent. Uh, step downs in their in their main funding money 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 for political parties. It doesn't come from like membership dues. No. Uh, for political parties, they simply are like operating at a scale that needs way more money than they could ever possibly raise from that. Uh, all political parties rely on uh, severe donations. Yeah. Uh, as we know, Conservative Party money comes from CEOs, and Labour Party money comes from. CEOs, but also trade unions as well at the same time. So it's it's very interesting. Um, but when when it's when it's trade unions specific, whenever you see like a, a surge of people saying like, "Oh, I'm leaving Labour," or "I'm getting rid of my, my donations to Labour," they're not really hurting it. No, obviously, like on a small, you know, on such small scales. When a union says it, it's serious. It's uh, big thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a big big difference. In the last Central Committee meeting, we had a tactical discussion regarding local elections coming up in May. These include all London Borough Council seats, all Birmingham City Council seats, all Yorkshire County Council seats, one third of seats in Manchester, Sheffield, Coventry, Newcastle and Basingstoke Councils, um, a full slate election in in Reading Unitary Council um, and all Scottish and Welsh councils. It's quite a significant number of elections happening and I've just highlighted there those where we have branches but there are there are more happening um, in May on top of those. Um, CC discussed a range of different possible tactics um, you know doing some rigorous leafleting campaigns for example that make clear that who we are in opposition to those who are running for office um, is one such viable strategy. Um, myself and Comrade EMB will be looking to put together a group of representatives from different branches to discuss what our sort of party-wide approach to this will be, um, so that we've got that centralised coordination, uh, while also making sure that we're factoring in local particulars in each branch, um, which are going to vary the approach quite drastically. Um, what we'd like is for branch secretaries or, and or mentorship teams to make sure that someone from their branch um, is being sent. Um, just drop me a message and let me know who from your branch is going to to represent you in those meetings um, by the end of next week. CC also discussed organising schools and what that looks like given a recent applicant from someone still in school. Uh, We noted that it's really important to not underestimate the ability of children to organise. The recent win in Pimlico Academy and the youth climate strikes of a couple of years ago are both good examples of genuinely concrete organising from those under the age of 18. From organising against prevent to building student unions, there are lots of possible organising options in school. Obviously, Marx's education is important and a key part of how we support school-based comrades and indeed all comrades who come to us. Uh, but we're wary of sort of containing 
um, children just are doing education. We're Marxists. We believe the best form of education is is in action itself. So you see, we're going to have several away days over the course of our term, where we meet for a day to discuss the broader political context we operate in, our strategy, the state of the party, and our longer-term vision. And we'll be having our first one of these in early January. I'd also like to note a couple of party leavers, uh, both NL and DW, have separately both left the party due to various welfare and personal matters. We recognise both have been long-standing party members. As ever, if you do want to talk to someone about either situation, please feel free to discuss with your branch's CC liaison, with your branch welfare secretary, or indeed with myself. I'm also happy to confirm working group membership. Um, you should have already been contacted by the secretary in charge of your working group to be confirmed. Um, but yeah, the full list is alongside this broadcast, so do have a look through that if you have applied to join a working group. Lastly, CC's action reports from last month, November, are available on the wiki. Please do have a look through, um, and we will have our next scrutiny sessions at the end of January. This more or less wraps up this first Central Committee broadcast. Thank you for listening. Do look out for the next one in two weeks' time, where we'll have more updates as well as discussions with other comrades. Do have a good week. Love and solidarity.